How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to 19-Year-Old Shrink. This is Will John Grande. Hope everyone had a happy Father's Day and their week is off to a good start. I'm gonna apologize in advance. My voice is a little weak. I lost it over the weekend, but we're slowly getting back to normal. Today, we're covering ego. And I listened to an unbelievable audio from Ed Milet where he discusses how our ego causes failure. Today, I'm going to use a lot of the evidence that he discusses about where our ego comes from and give you real-life examples of where I've struggled with my own ego. And then we'll get into the solutions. But here's the reality. (laughs) Every person out there has been inhibited by their ego in their lives. And it's usually when they're insecure. And usually we think of those ultra-confident people as having the biggest egos, and it's understandable. But in a second, we're going to understand why that's not always the case. So let's jump into some of Ed Milet's principles. We're going to start off with the most obvious evidence of ego, and that is constantly bragging about yourself. And in my opinion, when we're surrounded by people who are like this, we often start buying into what they're saying because some of these people are often the closest to us and we've built that relationship with them and start giving them credibility and as a result become insecure about ourselves and feeling like we're falling behind. But really what's happening is they're trying to cover up on the outside their insecurities so those insecurities don't become magnified for them on the inside. Meaning people like the idea of approval and if they can at least falsify an environment outside of them where they can gain that approval, the insecurities that they feel on the inside aren't as difficult to bear because they're the only ones experiencing that. But then there might also be the situations where they're actually succeeding at a high level and and they're boasting about it. But what's happening here, as Ed says, is they're actually scared they're going to lose it. There's this idea of the thermometer analogy discussed not only by Ed, but other experts as well. So the temperature in the room is usually set at a specific number, right? But if all of a sudden a lot of wind comes into the house or it gets really cold, then we need to turn the temperature back up to the baseline. The same is true if it gets really hot. We turn the temperature back down to the normal number. It's the same thing with our lives. We all have this idea of what our identity is, our baseline, where we're comfortable with. And if we're succeeding below our means and not living up to our identity, we eventually find a way back to bring us to that number. But if we're really succeeding beyond the comfort of our identity, we start taking breaks, cooling ourselves back down to who we believe we are. For those people who might be really succeeding and bragging about it, (laughs) the room's hot. They're succeeding above what they believe their results are. And they're so worried about cooling down that they're using bragging as a cheap way to keep the success going. And rather than committing to action, these people are using their ego to help cover up their insecurities. Now, (laughs) we have a lot more coming. Those people who always need to be right and win in a disagreement. That's another case of a big ego. They tie their success in life with being superior to others and knowing more than them. Because if they admit to being wrong, then they'll come off as being weak and inferior. And people like the feeling of power. But by clinging to always being right, we lose out on all the growth and insight we can gain from other people. That leads into another one, (laughs) not listening to other people. And I think this one's very prevalent among human beings and especially for myself. I'll give you a perfect example. When I started this podcast, I learned very quickly how bad of a listener I was. Now, most people would say he's a good listener, but not really. So I'd say this is how the dynamic of a conversation goes in our heads sometimes. (laughs) Someone's talking to you, but you're not listening. You're thinking of a response to them and missing all the information they're saying to you. My interviews with other people, (laughs) this has happened. Someone's talking about an important subject. I'm sitting here anticipating what I need to say next and missing the valuable nuggets of information they're giving to me that will allow me to ask them the follow-up question I'm looking for. This is our ego rearing its ugly head because we're paying more attention to our thoughts and prioritizing them rather than being open-minded to the thoughts of others. 
another example of this. <laughs> it's my dad. Um, he's genuinely a good listener, but sometimes we're just sitting on the couch and I'm like, dad, what's for dinner? And he takes like 10 seconds to start speaking. And you would think you would answer after those 10 seconds. But then what he does is he repeats the question back to you. Do I know what's for dinner? And he says it really slowly. And then five to 10 seconds later, he answers. You want a hard task, go an entire day where whatever conversation you're having with someone, you listen to their words completely. No thinking of a response when they're talking, just listening to them. It's not easy. It's probably one of the toughest things I've tried out. But imagine how much more knowledge we would have if we listened to every piece of information. This is where our ego is holding us back. And another way our ego gets in the way is when we don't ask questions out of fear of being judged. Uh, We all have those moments where we might not be very knowledgeable about a certain subject and we need answers to learn. But sometimes we choose to not ask those questions because we're concerned we're going to come off as less knowledgeable as others and we might be labeled as stupid or something like that. But by doing the bigger thing and asking for help, we become more knowledgeable and broaden our horizons to new opportunities that wouldn't exist if we hadn't asked those questions. But also, (laughs) we're not done here. Talking poorly about other people. This is another big one. I don't do this one a lot, but of course I've done it. So for me, when I'm talking poorly about someone, that's basically me saying that I buy so strongly into my identity and beliefs that anyone else who has a differing one or acts in a way contradicting my own beliefs is wrong. And usually (laughs) we call them out behind their backs because we're too scared to tell them in front of their face. Usually for me, it's when I'm in a group of people that always like talking poorly or gossiping about other people because we'd rather be wrong with the group than right by ourselves. So if I see people talking negatively about someone and it becomes the focal point of a conversation, I'm going to feel like I need to contribute something and feel a part of the community. Again, one of the biggest human needs is connection. And sometimes it's not good connection. But my ego shows up here because I'm seeking the approval of other people by talking poorly about someone else and knocking them down so I can bring myself up. Now, this leads into the next one, which is the spotlight effect. We're always caring about what other people think about you because this is what I'm doing in those situations where I'm talking poorly about someone. Spotlight effect is the notion that whatever action we take, people are always noticing it. Let's be honest. People are doing the exact same thing in their head that we're doing, wondering what we're thinking about them. Again, this is still something I'm working through, but a good way to help out with this is think about the relationship that you have to the person you're worried about being judged by. If they're a stranger, flip the perspective and then think, would I really notice what they're doing? (laughs) And the answer is no. So another example, this past Christmas, my family and I dressed up as Santa and the elves delivering presents to our little cousins. And we're on our way home, but we gotta stop and get food. And they're like, okay, let's go in this store. And I'm literally dressed as Buddy the Elf with the pointy hat and everything. And I'm like, there is no way in hell you're getting me into that store. I might run into someone. It'll be embarrassing. What if they judge me? Then I start thinking, okay, I walk in there, but no pointy hat. But then I was like, you know what? If I'm walking around Whole Foods and see someone walking as Buddy the Elf and Santa Claus, would I really care that much? Probably not. I'd actually get a kick out of it and be like, good for them for having some fun. And I went in even with the pointy hat. So at first my ego was rearing its ugly head. I thought all these strangers were caring about me when in reality, would I care about what they were doing? No. And I overcame my ego in that moment. Another helpful question I asked myself is, in a hundred years, is this gonna matter? Because most of the time the answer is no, unless it's something bad that you shouldn't do, 
But this takes the pressure off of you seeking approval because you realize how little of importance that that worry has in your life. Now let's keep going. This isn't over. Revenge. And this is tied to seeking people's approval, as I mentioned. Because if we didn't rely on others or seek approval, there would be no need for revenge, in my opinion. In my way of dealing with revenge, (laughs) I make up arguments I could have with a certain person surrounding the feelings I'm experiencing, and I imagine myself winning the argument. Not good. So one of my friends texted me a while back, and we were supposed to go get food that night and then go to the Dodger game at like 12 the next day. And we're texting, and we get to the point where I'm like, okay, can you do tonight? And I don't get a response. And then the next day, it's like 1 p.m., and I still haven't found out about last night or about the Dodger game. And I'm sitting here thinking about all the things I'm going to say. And you know how we talked about how emotion drives everything. So I'm getting more worked out. And then right before I'm about to call and you know win that argument, all the texts from that person come through. And I'm like, thank God I didn't call them. <laughs> I was so focused on revenge and creating this false event to help satisfy that insecurity I was feeling. But now that event isn't even relevant and I just wasted the whole morning getting worked up about it. Other times where this happens is if someone's right about something and I'm wrong, I start creating these scenarios where I'm right because I don't like the feeling of being wrong in certain moments. So revenge is a big one for me. And I believe these false scenarios are like a highway back to your negative emotional home because there is such emotion attached to it that it becomes so attractive even if it's negatively impacting you. Now we have a couple more. Possessiveness, trying to control other people. So some examples of this might be with family members. They might want their kid to go in a certain direction career-wise, and they're trying to push them in a specific area even if their kid doesn't want to. These parents have big egos because they're so comfortable with the journey that they took that they believe it's their way or the highway, and they ultimately control their kids to do the same thing. And their ego is really holding back their kids as well because they aren't able to do the thing that they love. And I also think a big word to be associated with ego, in my opinion, is closed-mindedness. Some of this closed-mindedness is associated with what I've mentioned earlier, not listening to people, thinking everyone is paying attention to us, being possessive. It's just evidence that we aren't aware of the possibilities outside these familiar emotions. We haven't become creative enough to have the tools to be open-minded. Building off of this one, and the idea of my way or the highway, constantly associating with only the people that we agree with, is another sign of your ego coming out, according to Ed Milet. We all like feeling that we're right. And surrounding ourselves with people that have similar beliefs offers that security of being acknowledged and having that sense of community that any feeling of being challenged will threaten our self-worth. But what happens is you're losing out on all the different lifestyles and cultures that other people have that can help form and expand who you are as a person. I'm very thankful that my uncle Lou actually wrote me a letter before college about this. He basically said, make sure you're getting to know so many different types of people. Try out different foods, music, experiences with them because it's gonna make you such a more open-minded individual. And I could definitely say that I've become that. My friends from California couldn't be more different than my friends from Connecticut and neither in a bad way. I love both groups. But by having opinions or ideas challenged in both groups, I feel this sense of life and growth happening when I'm around them. But this leads into my next point about ego when we're surrounded by someone in our friend group who might be constantly apologizing. And I'm not talking about those people that are apologizing for things that aren't necessary to apologize about. We all have some of those people in our lives. But I'm talking about those people that are constantly doing things that are hurting you and they keep apologizing for it rather than doing things and committing to action to be better. 
because they'd rather just apologize than to make a change about their personality. They aren't being open-minded and considerate to those people who are being hurt by them. And these individuals struggle with having big egos as well. Now, let's understand how we can shift our focus here and use it to our advantage, regardless of how many of these boxes check off for you for ego. First off, simple thing to do. Literally have a list with these traits written down and every night, see where you fell short. And then for those areas where you fell short, in the morning, write down the exact area you fell short in and then write the question, what would overcoming my ego look like here? And again, you'll find the answers and then you'll approach your day with that on your mind. And as time goes on, you'll see that you're checking off less and less of those boxes. And by doing this and removing yourself from your ego and using it to your advantage, you're loving yourself a little bit more. I struggle with this too. There's a misconception that doing all these things will bring you more love by being more egotistical will allow you to have more power in life, but it just leads to feeling disconnected. And I've mentioned the compounding effect before in previous episodes with guests, and this holds true here as well. Ed Milet spoke to this when discussing ego. So a lot of poor decisions we make, we don't experience the negative effects until 90 to 120 days after we're doing that behavior. So if we're constantly bragging about ourselves and are so committed to talking a lot about our successes instead of continuing to do the things that got us there in the first place, 90, 120 days from now, we're going to have a downturn in our life. But because this response is delayed, we aren't able to associate these ego-driven decisions with negative results. We just associate those feelings three to four months later as being something by chance because our ego has become so ingrained in us that we don't even notice. But the positive rewards of creating good habits and changing ourselves for the better take longer. They could be six months, a year, two years, maybe even more. And what we do is we don't recognize the idea of the compounding effect. And since we don't have any external evidence that we're improving, we stop doing those things and fall back into our ego. That's why so many people fall short of their goals. And I've done this too, right before achieving that. So if a person is trying to bring more self-love into their life and let go of ego, and they're going at that for six months, a year, they might be like, I've invested so much effort and time into something that hasn't benefited me. I might as well going back to doing the old things because I'm getting the same results, but I'm not using as much energy. But they end up losing out on all the possibilities that were right on the other side. So if you guys are doing the checklist and are saying, you know, I'm listening more to people instead of trying to respond. I'm being more neutral in my thoughts and not seeking revenge. I'm trying to meet new people with different perspectives, but nothing's changed. Constantly remind yourself of the compounding effect. And this is something I'm still doing because once you keep prioritizing an open mind over ego and show up even when there is nothing happening for you, that's the biggest sign that you're overcoming it because you recognize that success leaves clues and you aren't a special person that can override this formula. The same is true when you do start reaping the benefits, knowing that, okay, I'm feeling really good and my efforts are paying off. But if I stop doing the things that got me here in 90 to 120 days, I'm going to have a setback. And knowing that you can keep going and humble yourself in that recognition is so important. Again, ego is something that has held every person back. But by becoming more aware of it and knowing the reality that we face here and understanding the compounding effect, we're transitioning from living an ego-driven life focused on dependence, ignorance, and revenge to having more love for yourself and others. Hope you guys took a lot away from this talk. I posted Ed My Let's resource on my Instagram, 19-year-old shrink podcast, and feel free to DM me if you have any other questions. But hope you guys took a lot away from this and have a great rest of your day. Take care.